I had acknowledgement that you are broadcasting. Make sure you take that part out. All right, once you say, I do, say it with me. You did. Until death do we part. Praise the Lord. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Psalm. May I direct your attention to the 16th chapter and the 8th and 9th verses of that chapter. Brother Nathaniel, Psalm chapter number 122. You'll be reading verses numbers 1 and 2 of that chapter. Brother Jesse, Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5. Again, our golden text will be from the book of Psalm, chapter number 16, and the 8th and ninth verses. Brother Nathaniel, would you read that for us here tonight? Psalm 122, 1 and 2. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. How many of you are glad to be in the house of of the Lord tonight. Brother Jesse Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such thing as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How many are glad for that promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us? I'm so excited about that promise that I hold it in my hand and in my heart. Let's stand for the reading of our text tonight. I appreciate the way the presence of the Lord moved. I appreciate the wonderful exhortation and testimony of the Reverend Thomas Starrett. It was wonderful tonight. Also the testimonies from Sister Hammond and Sister Wooten. They were wonderful. All of the testimonies were great. The way the Lord blessed in this building tonight is so tremendous. And I'm eternally grateful for what he has done. I'm so glad to be a part of what God is doing here in LaBelle, Florida. I want to preach a message. The Holy Ghost is titled, I'm so glad to be part of it. I'm so glad to be part of it. Our text, Psalm 16, 8 and 9. The Bible said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Read the first part of verse number nine with me. Therefore, my heart is glad. Brother Jesse, you're the inspiration for tonight's service. This past Wednesday night's exhortation given to us by the Reverend Jesse Howell is the inspiration for tonight's sermon. God spoke something into my heart. Aren't you glad to be part of the family of God? Aren't you glad to be a part of what God is doing in LaBelle, Florida in the last of the last days? May we stretch our hand toward heaven and ask the Lord to help us. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. I thank you, God, for this, thy people. I pray that you would anoint me to preach the gospel. Help me to speak the words that you would have me to speak. Help me to say only those things, nothing more or less. Anoint the ears of this thy people and help them to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, allowing the sayings of this blessed book to go below the shoulders. Lord, let it be in their hearts and minds and spirits, I pray. Let it change them inwardly and outwardly. Not my words, but yours, we pray. God, help them to be doers and not hearers only. 
And may we depart this place joyfully and not sorrowfully. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're being seated, say, hey, neighbor, I'm so glad to be a part of this. I'm preaching a sermon, the Holy Ghost titled, I'm so glad to be a part of it. Our text is found in an Old Testament book of the Holy Bible. The stranger is no stranger to the book of Psalms. I believe that the church person is no stranger to the book of Psalms. Those that are unfamiliar with the church house are no stranger to the words that are found written in the book of Psalms. They have attended the graveside services for loved ones that are deceased and they have heard preachers comfort them with the words of this writing. The book of Psalms is so relevant to so many people. And the words of this book is so recognizable by people of faith and the unbeliever as well. I believe that the people that are in this building tonight are all believers. I believe this because I have heard your testimonies tonight and I have watched you as you have worshipped and praised the Lord. And I can say truly, this is a people that are the people of God. Those of you that have read this book of the Bible from the beginning unto the ending will testify and say that you have recognized that various authors written wrote these psalms. And some of these psalms are lyrics to songs while some of them are words of poetry. Brother Jesse, also some of these psalms are prayers. There's prayers of David and prayers by other holy men of God that are found chronicled right here in this wonderful book we call the Songbook of the Jews. You see, these people came together two or three times a year when they were allowed to or permitted together at the city of God. They would traverse over difficult terrain in order to gather at the assigned place at the appointed time. And Sister Wooten, they would get excited about their journey as much as they would reaching their destination. The young people did not know what I would be preaching on tonight and they sang that song, Heaven Will Be Worth the Journey. And as a believer tonight, I can say not only is heaven worth the journey, I believe that the journey is worth the journey and that we can have a good time going to heaven and be just as happy about being on our way there as we will be when we finally arrive. You see, as you read these psalms, you'll find that there is a certain grouping of psalms that are known as the song of degrees. These pilgrims would begin to sing some of these songs as they made their pilgrimage back to the city of Jerusalem, back to the city of God. I believe that if you'll look at our golden text, you will find a word that resonated with me as Brother Jesse was testifying and exhorting this past Wednesday night. He did not quote this particular passage of scripture but he encouraged us to be happy about being in the house of God and he said how could it ever be true that somebody that is a believer
believer or a child of God could be unhappy while in the presence of God. And that resonated with me. And I began to do a word study and look at the scriptures concerning about people being glad while they're in the house of God. People being happy about being in the city of God and people simply being excited about an opportunity to go to church and after they had arrived being excited about being able to worship the Lord. If you look at the ninth verse of our golden text found in Psalm chapter number 16 you will see that the Bible says therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. When we see this word therefore we know there is an explanation for why this man is excited. There's a reason for this joy that he has in his heart. There's a reason for this excitement and about him being glad. I am definitely glad tonight to be in a holiness church. I'm glad to to be under the authority of God-fearing people. I'm glad to be sitting in a pew next to somebody else that is a person of like precious faith. Somebody that was just as excited about being here tonight as I am. I wonder were you excited over the weekend about coming to the house of God. You see these songs of degrees mostly were written by David and this 16th psalm is a psalm of David and in this writing it states my explanation for my heart being glad is this my glory rejoices why is he so glad apparently he had been sad at some point in his life how many of you know that you will experience extreme difficulty in your life and you will experience extreme sorrow and sadness at various times in your life. No doubt David is saying I am glad and brother Jesse because he could say there was a time when he was sad. You know that David could testify in church and say he could say it in these songs. He could pray it. He could write the lyrics to poetry. He could write the lyrics of songs and say there's been times that I've been sad. He could say I was sad because my enemies were real. The brothers of the giant of Gath, Goliath were real. Goliath of Gath was real. The adversary, the devil, he is real. And even though sometimes you experience difficulties and disappointments, you can say temporarily, I have been saddened because of circumstances that I did not want to happen. Because of situations in my life that were unavoidable. I can say my heart was broken. My heart was broken because uh, my dog died, some of you would say. Uh, or somebody else could say uh, 
my heart was broken because the prodigal son is still in the far country and he told me dad I'm doing okay I'm still spending your hard earned money I'm still living in our dad oh yes there are times in our life when we say there is no doubt we face a real enemy there are other times when we say yes our obstacle was unsurmountable but there ought to be a time we could come to church and say I'm glad to be here tonight and I can say even though the obstacles were unsurmountable I could not overcome but I got in the spirit and because I got in the spirit I was able to run through that truth and I was able to overcome that obstacle I was able to get help with my hindrances I was able to get help with my hurt yes my familiar friend made me sorry but I was able to go to church and I forgot about the prosperity of the wicked I forgot about the seemingly unfairness of this thing called life and I praise God because when I got to church I found out that God was there now feel the Holy Ghost in this building verse number 5 says that David acknowledges that the Lord is his portion. You see, David is saying, yes, there are times when I must admit that I am sad for some reason. At some point in your life, you will have the choice to enter his gates with sorrow and sadness or to come into his courts with extreme gladness and praise on your lips despite the circumstances that have been adverse in your life. If you look at the first verse of this 16th chapter, you will see that David is not taking joy in God's presence yet. You find him petitioning God. And what he petitions God for is preservation. I'm not near my Bible right now. But if I read it correctly, it says preserve me, oh God. This is David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, saying, I need preservation. I need somebody to protect me. I need somebody, even though I'm the king, even though I've got an entourage, even though I've got a posse that follows me everywhere I go, I need you to preserve me. Oh yes, that's what Peter said. You've got to save yourself from this untoward generation. He said preserve yourself from the perverse. Oh David is acknowledging that this world will vex your righteous soul. This world will trouble your spirit but you ought to be excited about going to church you ought to be excited about embracing the opportunity to be in the presence of God preserve me God preserve me oh God when you start adding that letter O in there oh no oh God you get some bad news 
You add that O in front of the name God. You hear about somebody backsliding and you say, oh, God. And you say, preserve me, Lord. Protect me, God. And we find that the sweet psalmist of Israel is saying, preserve moi. This one right here. Me. I know I'm anointed. I know that the prophet Samuel looked me in the white of the eyes and pulled out that horn of oil and he poured out the anointing oil upon me. You know, that oil that was so precious, that oil that they used to anoint Aaron and his sons and every other priest and prophet to follow. You know that same oil that we use as a symbol of the Spirit of God and we still anoint our young priests preachers with. Oh yes I'm the anointed of God but I still need you to preserve me. How many of you have ever prayed a petition of preservation? I pray it for the Howell family and the Bethel Holiness Church family multiple times a day. I said oh Lord the one that keeps Israel the one that neither slumbers or sleeps. Oh God be the shame on my right hand when the sun comes up keep Israel when the sun goes down keep Israel and that's what David is saying I can only maintain position and power with God if you be my preservation moms and dads I want to urge you and plead with you every morning at noon and night plead with God to preserve you the devil will try to trip you up. I said the devil will try to trip you up. But ask God for preservation. I said plead for preservation. He said, for in thee do I put my trust. Preserve me, O God. The only way I know I can save myself from this untoward generation is if you preserve me. The only way I know the Howell sons will keep preaching truth and holiness. The only way I know that little Sterrett Jr. will take the correction of his elder secret minister father is if they are preserved by God. Come on now. I love to see strawberry preserves preserved for my enjoyment. I love to break it open, bust the seal, and the smooth that spread on the bread. But Brother Jesse, God can preserve an old-time holiness church in this perverse generation. Brother Sarah, 10,000 devils have told you and I that there will not be another generation that promotes and pushes truth and righteousness. But Brother Sterrett and I, about nine months ago, were right here praying, and God spoke to both of us at different times. He spoke to us individually and let us know that he's rising up in our midst. He's raising up another generation of people that would be preserved. Oh, yes, somebody to end their preservation by God would preserve truth and righteousness and holiness for the next generation. Oh, yes, young preacher, why don't you preserve it as God preserves you? The psalmist 
is pleading for preservation. He's petitioning. Don't let me be spoiled. Don't let me be spoiled. Don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. Don't let me become sour grapes on the vine. I feel the Holy Ghost in this building. The psalmist pleads for preservation. He need not to worry because he goes on to say, the Lord is his portion of his inheritance. He goes on in verse number five to say the Lord is his portion and the Lord is his inheritance. He's not talking about the possessions of Saul being his portion or inheritance. Although that was his, it did become his. Everything Saul had had become his. Just like the Holy Ghost said, it would. But that's not what David is saying here. He's saying the Lord is my portion. Saul, you can keep your armor. Saul, you can keep your castle. Saul, you can keep your concubines. Saul, you can keep your glory. Saul, you can keep your power. Saul, you can keep your pop. Saul, you can keep your pride. But the Lord is my portion. I want to tell a little David, play on your heart and stay sweet. We want to call you the sweet psalmist of Israel. If you'll stay sweet, you won't be spoiled. I said if you'll stay sweet, you won't have to worry about being spoiled. Preserve me. Preserve me. David goes on to say in verse number six, he said, my lot and my lines has fallen in a pleasant place. Y'all notice all these points that begin with the letter P. If you didn't listen to it again and catch it, I don't want to put a lot of emphasis on points. Some people do that and the sermon becomes pointless with the more points that they have. But I am following a mental outline here. In verse number five, he said, my portion is what the Lord has given me. And it's the Lord himself that has given me himself. And then in verse number six, he said, my line has fallen into pleasant places. He is thankful for goodly people and a goodly heritage. David is literally saying, beyond that sweet water that come out of the wells of Bethlehem, I love my daddy and I love my mama and I love them good people. Oh yes, I'm glad when I go to church because there will be people of like precious faith. There I won't have to worry about fussing and fighting over doctrinal issues. I won't have to worry about a liberal charismatic taking a pot shot at me. That's what these pilgrims do. We're going to the city of God. And there we'll all have one thing in mind. There we'll have one objective. And that is to stand in the house of God. To stand in the presence of God. To sing together in perfect harmony. In total complete unison. To praise the Lord. You don't have to go to church with hypocrites. If 75% of the church are hypocrites, you don't have a church. You have a house of hypocrites. Jesus had one hypocrite among 12. One twelfth was hypocrite. 
One-twelfth of that church was a hypocrite. I've said this before. If you go to a church and less than 50% have the Holy Ghost, you don't go to a Pentecostal church. You can profess it and say it's a Pentecostal church, but by percentages and statistics, you don't really have a Pentecostal church. You have somewhat a Pentecostal church, but maybe it manifests or maybe it doesn't. There's a 50% chance that it will not manifest. Are y'all following me? The same thing with this country. You can't say that this is a Republican country. You can't say that this is a Democrat nation. No. They would quickly say, wait a minute, 40% are Republican, 38% are Democrats. I don't know the statistics and another this and this is percentage libertarians and, and another our pilgrims that just make up some some a club or whatever you want party but brother Roadcap, there's nobody can say come on now if that church is full of hypocrisy Jesus deducted that what was supposed to be the house of her prayer should more accurately and correctly be pronounced as the den of devils it should have been known as the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. You're preaching not me. Those words are offensive. You just offended me. That's supposed to be the house of God. Who can call the house of God a den of thieves? God can. Whenever the only thing that's in there are thieves. And that's what Jesus said. Somebody else comes in. They preach another doctrine. Apostle Paul, Jesus, everybody agreed. Hey, come on. A thief comes in in a different way. But come David is saying I belong to a goodly heritage we can cry over spilled milk all we want to we can talk about how bad we had it we can talk about how bad we had it prior to God's salvation and prior to becoming a part of the family of God you can come to church with them memories all you want to but if God has put them behind his back your memories even and your sins even and God refuses to remember them God refuses to look at them then why in the world would you allow yourself to come to church why would you let the devil hand you a slip of paper on the way in the door reminding you of who you used to be what you used to do you ought to tear up a slip of paper and come into the house of the Lord with thanksgiving you ought to come in this cause with praise I feel the Holy Ghost in this place God doesn't want to hear about how you used to be God doesn't want to be reminded of what his son died for and suffered because of for you. David is saying, I have a goodly heritage. David isn't fearful that he will fall away. It is true that there will be a great falling away. But Jeremy Howe and the people of the Bethlehem's church do not have to be part of that. 
the Pentecostal holiness churches do not have to be part of that. David was not fearful that he would fall away because he recognized who the Lord had been for him. He recognized what the Lord had been for him. Oh yes, and he knew he could have an assurance in knowing that God had done things for him and what God had done for him in the past, God would do in the present and God would do in the future. I've been saying, God, the way you visited me Saturday night a week ago, would you visit me again? And you know what he told me, Jesse? I did it before and I'll do it again. Oh, yes, I'm telling you, you may be down and out. You may feel like you're in and out, up and down. Don't give glory to the devil. Don't give praise to the devil. Throw your hands up high and say, God has been good to me. Verse number two shows us after his petition, David praises Jehovah God. It shows us that Jehovah God is his Lord. Yahweh is his Lord. In verse number three, it shows his appreciation for the excellent ones. If I studied that out correctly, it is showing his appreciation for the sanctified ones, the holy ones. He loves going to church. Hey, they're having to make pilgrimages. Of course, he's not necessarily having to himself, but he had done it when he was a little boy. Jesse had taken him during them feast days, and he had made the journey just like anybody else had. He knew the excitement and the anticipation. Oh, come on. Now I'm going to lose some people right here. I should have knew years ago that I'd be a holiness preacher. I should have knew years ago that going to Disney World was wrong. Wrong. I've made some enemies right there. I have no problem with you going to SeaWorld. If you go to Pigeon Forge and ride a go-kart, a go you probably heard more worldly music there and saw more devils there than you did in an arena watching Shamu turn a flip. But you know what Disney World supports and promotes? And you say, well, SeaWorld does too. Well, I didn't know that, but I know Pigeon Forge does too. They support and promote stuff. I see the flags up there and some of them establishments where they've tried to hijack God's promise God's rainbow given to God's people oh sweet lamb of God but I should have knew Disney World was wrong because a dead mom had told me they're going to take me to Disney World I don't know if I was 7 or 8 years of age but I remember we got all the way to Orlando and we got on that long stretch that takes you to the gate of Disney World and that orange juice that I had drank from McDonald's that morning decided it was going to come out and after fighting nausea and sickness for so long I said dad I'm so Sorry, but I need you to pull over. And there's hardly nothing worse than throwing up orange juice after it's got hot and it's coming out of your nose. And I remember being so excited the night before about seeing Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald Duck and 
riding on Space Mountain. But Brother Jesse, the devil afflicted me or God did. Maybe God was trying to steer us away from Disney World. I got so sick. I was miserable. I did not enjoy that trip one bit. And there's been literally a distaste and a dislike for Disney World ever since that time. Oh, come on. But think about the excitement of a little boy that was finally going to get to go to this amusement park. You think about the little shepherd boy. As Jesse said, David, we're going back up there to the city of God. We're going back to the temple. We're going to worship the Lord. You know the one that Hannah took Samuel to. We're going to go back. Y'all think about the excitement of David. And he's saying here, yes, I might not have to drive as far to get there. I might not have as long of a journey anymore to get there. It might just be around the corner for some of us. The pastor knows what you're dealing with. The first lady knows what you're dealing with. Sister Wooten ain't always been shot. Sister Wooten, some of us had to pick ourselves up and take the same treacherous path that you took her, but we were excited about going to church. We were excited about the long drive. We were excited about the long ride. I'm telling you, I get excited about going to church. I get excited about going to church. I'm so glad to be a part of this. I'm so glad to be a part of it. So David is saying, God, them excellent ones are going to be there. The priests, the singers, the musicians. David had not yet got to that place where he could say, hey boys, add this to the songbook. Hey boys, here's a poem that I wrote on the backside of my daddy's pasture. But Brother Tyler, he had made his journey and David could write songs of encouragement because he had experienced it. Come on now. David knew the treacherous journey awfully well. I feel like preaching to some of you. We ain't shouting because we haven't been through some things. We ain't shouting because we haven't endured hardness. We ain't shouting because we're not hurting terribly right now. We ain't shouting because, hey, come on, we are just simply glad to be in the house of God. I'm glad to have a microphone in my hand and preach it to people to encourage them that it does not get any better than this. Serving God in His holiness. There is nothing in the world better than being a child of God. I love the Lord because He loved me. I love to be around the people of God. So we find here that David, he took pride, or if you would, found deep joy in knowing he could trust the Lord and he could treasure God's house and trust and treasure God's people. Did y'all get that? He could trust the Lord, that the Lord is with him always, every step of the way, every step of the way, every step of the way. If there's marauders, Along the way, beating the people of God down, they can still say, but when I get there, 
as the marauders rob them and steal them of their possessions, they're still gonna attend the peace services. They might attend them depleted of possessions. They might attend them depleted of necessary food. But they said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I'd rather serve bread to my brother. David said, if I could just stand in the gates of Jerusalem, if I could just hold the door, if I could just be in that church service one more time. I see that holy cloud. I see the Shekinah glory of God in this place. Why don't we praise the Lord? David loves the Lord. And David said, I praise him because I'm in the presence of excellent ones. David said, holy people are no stranger to me. Being separated is not an issue for me. Coming out from among them and being separate is not an issue for me. If I can just get where the excellent ones are, if I can just get where the holy people are, I'm so glad to be a part of it. That's how I used to feel as a backslidden in heart young man. If I could just get where brother and sister Stanley are. If I could just get where the genuine are. If I could just get where the people of God are. Simply stated, David loves the Lord and he loves the Lord's people. It doesn't get any better than this. I'm so glad to be part of this. They said there's about 61 here tonight. We've got some out. I'm so glad they're glad to be a part of this. I'm so glad that they want to get home to this. It doesn't stop there. In fact, David loves the people of God so much, he's overjoyed when he receives an opportunity to go to the house of the Lord with the people of God. I was amazed that the Bethel Holiness Church did not want to close our church down when Fauci, 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 whatever you want to call him, Fauci, 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 whatever. Whenever he tried to shut the church of God's down, the assemblies of God's down, the Presbyterian churches, the Lutheran churches, the holiness churches, the banks, oh, come on, the hospitals. I'm so glad that the Bethel Holiness Church said, we ain't shutting down the Bethel Holiness Church because I need God and I need my church family. People's children should be no stranger to the excellent ones. Amen. In fact, David, writing again in Psalm 122 in verse number one, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David, come tomorrow. Saddle up the mules. Get the sacrificial lambs ready. David, we're going. But Daddy, it's so much work. Daddy, David, get them ready. 
all them pilgrims, all them pilgrims making their pilgrimage, Brother Jonathan. Hey, they trying to make their journey, dragging sheep. Come on, are y'all listening? It was work and it was effort. And they're known as the song of ascent. They're literally climbing up a physical mountain, treacherous terrain, and they're singing these songs. But even later, Brother Nathaniel David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That word into has never stood out to me as well as it did today. Into the house of the Lord. Oh, that we could get more people to go into church. They say they're going to have church where two or three are gathered on the shore of the ocean. They say they're going to have church on the deck boat out in the middle of the river. But all oh, that we could get them to go into the house of the Lord. Into. Not only unto, but into. Not only unto, but into. You've heard those people talk about they heard the Holy Rollers having meetings. And they camped outside of the tabernacle. And they sat outside, just out of reach, where nobody would come speak to them, but not out of earshot. Just beyond where the lights and the shadows quit falling. They sat out there and they came unto the camp meeting. But David is saying here, I want to go into. It don't matter what court I go to, if it's the women's court or the men's court or the high priest court or uh, come on the priest court. You know, there's various courts here. At this time, David just said, I want to go into the house of the Lord. And after reading his writings, we the readers must admit that David trusted the Lord and he treasured the house of God. In Psalm chapter number 121, we read the lyrics of a song. It is the song of weary travelers on their way to Jerusalem, the city of God. And they have their cause for concern. Yes, we have our cause for concern. Did you hear somebody was diagnosed with diabetes? Did you hear somebody was diagnosed with cancer? Did you hear somebody's having to preach through excruciating pain? Did you hear somebody's having difficulty breathing upon exertion? Did you hear somebody's child has backslid? Did you hear some preacher has given up the faith? Did you hear? Yes, there's valid cause for concern. Psalm chapter number 121 confirms this, but there's another song written, and it is the Psalm 122, and those lyrics tell of excited travelers, and when they got to the city of God, how many tonight are looking forward to go into heaven? How many are looking forward to go into that new Jerusalem? Oh yes, I'm excited about it, and I am a pilgrim. I'm a stranger and an alien upon this world. This world is not my home. I'm only passing by my treasures and my hopes are all up in the sky the same way these pilgrims were excited about going to the city of God the same way you and I are excited about going to church or should be that's the way every child of God ought to feel about going to the everlasting city of God the new Jerusalem I'm going to see to it that I can say 
as David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. The next verse is shouting material. They can say, in fact, our feet are standing within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Daddy, look how beautiful it is. Was it worth the journey? When 10,000 devils tried to flick my body, what was it, 12 years ago? And the devil got in my ear one night and said, you'll never preach again. He was a liar. And when I got off my bed of affliction, oh, yes, Brother Jeremiah, and I walked into church, and my feet stood within the gates of the house of God. I'm telling you, I'm excited every time I'm able-bodied to come to the house. Oh, God, you're not getting this. And the devil been beating you up all week and afflicting you. All week and ever come to church and said, my feet are here. I've made it. Look how beautiful it is. Oh, yes, it's as sweet as I remember it. It's just as wonderful as I remember it. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be a part of it. You can hear these little Israelites, the little Hebrew boys and girls saying, Daddy, I see it. Mama, I see it. Our home is just around the bend. The house of my God is just around the bend. I turn my blinker on, Cornelia Drive, dodge a few potholes, get in the westbound lane. Oh, yes, get in the southbound lane on the west side, dodge them potholes, pour my heart out to God, say I wish the county would fix the potholes on Cornelia Drive. But then I turn on Bethel Drive, that newly paved asphalt drive, and I look at that lush green grass that nobody's left their engine running over. There's no black spots and no brown spots. And I say, I am here. I say, Sister Howell, don't you look pretty? Oh, yes, you ought to be moved greatly when you see the preacher walk by and he's got on his robe. He's got on his suit and you see him carrying in his hand the sacred scroll the sacred writ oh come on now do you know the feeling do you know how it feels to realize I have made it I have made it to church my feet are standing within the gates I said my feet are standing within the gates no wonder you come into his gates with praise no wonder you into his cross, praising his holy name. That's what we're going to do when we go to heaven. I'm going to come through the gates of praising the Lord. Imagine with me when you see the seraphims. Imagine when you come into the holy throne room of a holy God and the horses drive by and on their bridle it says holiness unto the Lord and you hear the jingle of the horses bridle 
And you see them holy seraphims and them cherubims and them wings. Two of them cover the face and two of them cover the feet. And with twain they fly. And brother, they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. That's why a man like Apostle Paul could say, the sufferings of this present life, hold oh, them but a light thing. When I consider standing within thy gates, when I consider me standing inside of the gates of home sweet home, if you'll let the Lord get a hold of you right now, he'll give you a glimpse of that celestial city. Pilgrim, I'm telling you, I'm going to be glad to be a part of it. I'm going to be glad to know I've made it home. I'm going to be glad to know that I am there to see the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. To see the Father in His splendor, in His glory. Oh, I'm going to be glad to be part of it. Let's stand. I'm so glad to be a part of it. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. In verse number five, David is saying, the Lord is my portion. What David is referring to is the dividing of the promised land. Twelve tribes of Israel were recipients of something. Eleven tribes received specific inheritances, specific boundary lines, specific zones property boundaries brother philip recently had a survey done he was well pleased with the results of that because he was right even though his neighbor had argued with him and told him he was wrong that is what this is saying in verse number five the lord is my portion david is saying i may not be of the tribe of levi i'm of the tribe of judah but i'm going to say with the tribe of levi hey the lord is my portion because that's what the Lord had told the tribe of Levi. You won't have an inheritance among your brethren. The Lord is going to be your inheritance. And you know what, Brother Jesse? We might have to go through this life as paupers and pilgrims. Maybe, maybe not. But that's okay. Because this world is not my inheritance. We're joint heirs with Jesus. We're joint heirs of Jesus. The Lord is our inheritance. And I will thank him for that. And I'm so glad to be part of that. Verse number six. Brother Philip, you found where your boundary lines are. Don't let anybody remove them ancient boundaries and landmarks. Verse number six. David said, the lines have fallen for me. And here's what he said. And they have fallen in pleasant places. Philip was so pleased, he said, Dad, half of the shed is mine. And the other half was my neighbor's. Just like we said, but the new guy that bought the property that's taken over the shed, none of it belongs to him. In fact, the truck is on my property. Come here, Brother Philip. The boundary lines fell in pleasant places. <laughs> Look out there. <laughs> 
I can't help but come to church happy. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk may own part of this world and have significant investment in other planets. Their boundary lines have fallen in some pretty spectacular places. But Brother Philip, my boundary line has fallen in a pleasant place. To realize my inheritance and my portion is in the Lord in His holy city. Like David of old, I can say, thank God, my boundary line has fallen in a pleasant place. I can't help but be glad, Brother Nathaniel, because I received a beautiful inheritance. I can't help but shout because I received a beautiful inheritance. I will serve the Lord with gladness. I will come before His presence with singing. Let's gather around the front of this church. Do you all know how we ended up with so many filled with the Holy Ghost? We came into His presence with praise. Yes, we've given Him our petitions and prayer requests. But do you all know how we ended up with our lives falling in the beautiful place? Brother Rick Jacob, you witnessed it. I witnessed it in my lifetime. It was from us. Praising the Lord. Did it not happen, Sister Cheryl? Did it not happen, Sister Wooten? We said we're going to unlock the doors. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. We're going to enter his courts with praise. And the next thing I know, Brother Danny, we got 10 or 12 that have received the Holy Ghost in just a few weeks span of time. All because somebody was glad to go to church. All because somebody was glad to be in his presence. All because somebody was glad to treasure the people of God. If you love your brother, pray for him right now. If you love your sister, pray for him right now. If you treasure your God, if you trust your God, praise him. If you treasure and trust your brother or your sister, thank God for him or her. Go ahead, Brother Nathaniel, Brother Jesse, obey the Lord. I'm excited about being in the house of the Lord. I came in here tonight to praise the Lord. I come in here tonight to see somebody else get the Holy Ghost. I ain't got nothing to cry about. Oh, yes, I've been sad, but now I'm glad. Oh, pray for that sister, sister. Pray for that brother, brother. Praise the Lord for saving them. Praise the Lord for coming to nominate Praise the Lord that your feet are standing in the gates of Jerusalem. I'm so glad to be a part of this. Oh, church, I'm leaving. I'm going to be down the I'm going to shine my troubles over. Yeah, I'm going to be home. Well, when I leave, there's a behind me. Oh, yeah. 
for you, Sister Tracy. Sooner than you think. Sooner than you think. I said when you get to heaven and you see the church and the seraphims and you see the Son of God, you're going to say, my heart doth greatly rejoice. Like the psalmist, you're going to say, therefore my heart is glad. Did David say, I'd rather be a doorkeeper? In the house of my God, in the dwelling in the tents of the wicked. I don't know if you're in the back of the church or the front of the church. Wherever you're at, you can be glad to be there. I don't know what court you're in, the outside court or the inside court, but you're into something. You're into the presence of God. We're in the holy of holies. All of you sisters that are together around Sister Elizabeth and Sister Tracy. Amen, 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 amen. Brother LaRue, come in. All of you brothers gather around Brother LaRue, lay hands on him. I can tell you Brother LaRue's glad to be in the house of God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be part of a Holy Roller meet tonight. Where people are speaking in a heavenly language. Where people are shouting. 
where people are praising God, where people look forward to being here. Oh, I ain't got no complaints. I'm just thankful to be here. Sing some more whatever's on your heart, brothers. God's going to move for you, Sister Tracy. God's going to move for you. What do you do when you go to church? What do you do when you go to church? It's just all dead. Dead out of Serving God. He was holy days. No condemnation. He said happiness. It's just all dead. You need to hear the same.
Just don't. 